from antiquities today i disha shanbag your host will be in conversation with sanskriti shrinivasan who will be talking about one of the most controversial poets of the, of all time that is samuel taylor coleridge we'll be talking about him as a product of opium addiction and his scholar hi sanskriti how are you doing hi disha i'm doing well how are you and uh, thank you for uh sorry thank you for having me here on uh, on this episode i would love to talk about coleridge as a product of opium addiction and would also like to talk about his sonnets and like i i have always believed that coleridge is otherworldly and when we talk of otherworldly things the first thing that comes to our mind is opium so what would you what do you think about are the effects of opium on coleridge especially yes you have very correctly pointed out that his very otherworldly poems you know the feel is is because of his opium addiction actually he uh, one particular poem kubla khan it is one of his most popular poems other than rhyme of the ancient mariner so this poem is actually was written under the influence opium i believe i mean there are uh, no proofs as such but this is what most of the critics believe so originally coleridge took opium in its medicinal form to cure his knees but soon he started depending on it and it influenced him in his writings uh, as the poet explains in a short preface to his poem Uh, he had fallen asleep after taking an andonin prescribed in consequence of a slight disposition so he was just prescribed opium and he slept and this is when he had this dream uh, where you know he actually visualizes the poem in the dream so the title of the poem itself kubla khan uh, and it a vision in a fragment so this poem is actually a fragment it is not even it is an unfinished poem so uh, how this actually falls into place is before falling asleep he was reading a story about a mongol king called kubla khan who was summoning the building of a new palace and after which he slept for like 3 hours and during this period was when he had the fantastic vision of uh, you know of the poem he was he allegedly composed the 200 to 300 lines in the poem itself and that's quite you know unbelievable so after waking up after 3 hours the poet immediately started penning down this poetry so that he does not forget what he has written because it was it is such a masterpiece this poem so he wrote the first, he wrote four stanzas out of which the first three stanzas were written prior interruption interruption here i mean is that he was suddenly interrupted by a person a person on business from porlock so this person detained him for an hour because of which he completely lost track of his poetry and forgot and after which he compiles another stanza which talks about how he had actually forgotten the poem and this is how what critics believe and this is what personally i also believe so this stanza goes the last stanza goes this is a part of the last stanza which i would like to read which highlights how you know he wants to revive the fragment revive the vision within him so that it would become you know an amazing poem so a damsel with a dulcimer in a vision once i saw it was an abyssinian maid and on her dulcimer she played singing of mount abora could i revive within me her symphony and song so here he is actually referring to himself as a dancer 
in a vision once he saw he wanted to revive the symphony her, her symphony and song he wanted to revive his vision of the dream so that he could pen it down so it is quite interesting how in this poem how he uses this poem is based, uh, written very beautifully and how he uses metaphysical concepts it's, it's a very otherworldly poem he uses the technique of suspension in disbelief where he willingly suspends the reader he willingly goes into the mode of disbelief he uses he uses um, Uh, juxtapositions to emphasize on what he's trying to say, like sunny domes of pleasure, caves of us, sunny caves of eyes, such things, you know, which actually gives a very, uh, very like you know, tale to the entire, a very mysterious uh, connection to the whole poem when you read it. So this uh, another interesting aspect is this mysterious person who interrupted him. No one knows what, who he was, where he came from, what his business was. No one has any clue. But metaphorically speaking, you can also relate to you know you can relate to this person as if uh, that the world throws interruptions in the ways of inspiration and creativity. So this person was basically an interruption into Coleridge's creativity, and this is what. Uh, most critics say that i a critic say and i also personally believe so this poem is definitely worth it i would definitely recommend this poem to the audience i i love kubla khan the mist, it it is a different poem like a poem of a different stature altogether and one believes that if it was finished what what level of uh, beauty would it be then But yes, absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree with you. But sadly, maybe that's not what we were destined to witness. Though it was left um, uncompleted. But um, moving on, do you would would you like to talk about any of his other films and explain it to us? Yes. So uh, he has written a lot of poems, especially odes like Dejection and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Most of his poems are very long. They they are written in the narrative style. Uh, so for this episode, I particularly chose a very distinguished style of writing. I mean, I don't think anyone would have heard of Coleridge writing a sonnet. So this actually is one of his sonnets, and this sonnet is to the river otter. The title of the poem is Sonnet to the River Otter. So Coleridge, who's a co-author with, of you know, along with William Wordsworth, he com uh, composed the lyrical ballads. He was born in Ottery, Saint Mary in Devon, in 1772. This village got the name from the river which passes through it. That is Otter. So this river, which uh, this. The river which Coleridge eulogizes in a romantic sonnet is to the river Otter. He is recalling his childhood when he skimmed stones along the river's surface. So I'll just read this poem. It is very small and it is definitely worth uh, you know appreciating it. You know by reading it because it's beautifully written. It is written in layman language, which is you know it so you know you can sort of relate to it also as well. So here it goes, dear native brook. Wild streamlet of the west, how many various fated years have passed? What happy and what mournful hours since last! I skimmed the smooth, thin stone along thy breast, numbering its light leaps, yet so deep impressed. Sing the sweet scenes of childhood that mine eyes I never shut amid the sunny day, but straight with all their tints thy waters rise, thy crossing plant thy march with willows grey. And bedded sand that veined with various dyes, 
gleam through thy bright transparence on my way visions of childhood oft have we beguiled lone manhood scarce yet waking fondness sighs ah that once more i were a careless child so it is very obvious in this sonnet that he longs to go back to his childhood his carefree days which is actually not possible in his state right now on the other hand he also believes that the that one must reach childhood in order to understand and realize the significance of those childhood years in order to understand how you know how fruitful those years were and one cannot miss those however we do not really uh, know for sure whether he actually revisited this poem physically or whether he was just revisiting this poem in his memory so if uh, you had if you had there is particular emphasis on light in this poem which is sunny rays tints gleamed bright transparency all spaced within a few lines perhaps hinting at the broader enlightenment which colish feels right now by recalling the river vividly so you know this uh, this memory brings so much of light into his life it you know removes all the darkness of the childhood away from him this uh, also reminds me of this poem called tintern abbey which we did uh, which was written by wordsworth where very similar setting where he also revisits a brook in a very very similar setting uh, as we know oh i want my childhood back i do not like i want it as an escape i want an it is an, a nature as an escape from you know reality from the actual world then colridge also in this poem explores a familiar themes which is adults longing for childhood in a sense the connection between pastoral life and happiness particularly childhood happiness and the power of imagination so in the sonnet the speaker's imagination transports him back to his beloved childhood memories and restores his intimacy with nature so uh, mm-hmm. another interesting aspect is that he relates the brook with femininity that is the stone uh, the smooth stone along thy breast connecting brook to the feminine form of the nature i have seen is nurturing and maybe even seductive so there is not a very strong sexual image not a very strong sexual connect, uh, connotation very subtle here but it still leave, you know leaves there is sense of sexual you know love between like because he calls himself as nature which is male and the brook which is feminine so he longs to go back he longs for that love so it can be definitely taken as a sexual connotation but not entirely uh mm-hmm. also he also goes another direction invoking the nurturing spirit of nature as a mother that is he is seen as as a child skipping across uh, skipping across the stones across skipping on the stones across the brook so here the n- nature of mother is also brought about very beautifully very beautiful metaphor used here so the vision of the uh, speaker's childhood are so deep impressed that he cannot that cannot close his eyes without vividly replaying a scene it is so vividly uh, you know etched in his memory that even when he closes his eyes this is what the first thing which comes to the happiness the carefree days he longs to go back to so in the color of childhood that coldridge wants to recall but all that he but all but in all 
that the only color he actually names is grey is the color of old age and melancholy he realizes that the act of longing for one's childhood is itself tinged with despair for to long for you this to admit that no one longer possesses it and this is completely true because actually once when you're into adulthood you start longing to go back that just means that you have lost it all together and you can't have it again you can't have those days of innocence you can look at things as how they were as a child even if you go even if he goes to as an adult same way as he did as a child so carefree so the thoughts which are not colored by stereotypes and uh, different mindsets uh, another interesting aspect which i personally noted in this poem is that the uh, coleridge longs for consistency in life that is he wants consistency he refers to the consistency in the features of the brook so he admires his consistency that the brook was always like this and is always like this now also so uh, you know he wants to uh, this reflects in his own desire that human life should possess such a consistency that he did not want to grow up he wanted to be he has you know as he is but he also again contradicts it by saying that only when you go to adulthood can you realize childhood um it's uh, importance of childhood and how you know it actually shaped your thinking as an adult so it's quite skewed i believe his uh, perception but it can also not be eliminated what he says both the perspectives it holds completely true and i totally agree with so this is one of the best sonnets i have uh, you know of coleridge i have read until now thank you for that sanskriti it was one of the beaut- most beautiful sonnets i've ever heard and coming from coleridge i think it is one of the most lesser known ones um other than that i feel that uh, the desperation that most of these romantic poets have the longing for nature and to be a part of their childhood and everything basic and simple is something that we all relate to and i think our readers and listeners would have a great um time listening to this so thank you for being here and for taking out time thank you so much disha